Hey everybody, just wanted to say thank you for tuning into this episode of the Nerdcast. If you'd like to stay up to date on all things Nerdcast, you can check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the Nerdcast one If you'd like to inquire about influencing or joining the discussion, you can send us a message on any of our social media or an email at jrbnerdcast at gmail.com. Thanks for tuning in, and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Let's get into it. How are we doing today, guys? Doing pretty good. Doing awesome. Other than this weather. <laughs> yeah, weather's pretty crappy right now. Well, guys, uh, you know who I am. Uh, I'm on every episode. I'm your boy, Josh Brown, uh, coming at you today from the studio. I got a familiar voice in here, uh, Mr. Tanner Gibbs, uh, in studio with us, and somebody else making their debut. This is two weeks in a row we've had somebody making their Nerdcast debut. Um, we got Mr. Jason Silva, who plays... Uh, Oh, what's his name? Corbin and Junior. And Junior. And Junior. Um, so we've got uh, we've got Corbin and Junior both in the studio, and we've got Nasir and Tindar both in the studio. So that's uh, going to be a good one. We're talking about uh, some D and D stuff, uh, some role playing stuff. You know, your typical stuff. If we Which got is time, fun. Oh yeah. If we got time, we'll uh, we'll talk about Star Wars or something, because uh, I know Jason loves Star Wars. Uh, I mean, he's got Star Wars tattoos, so, I mean, it's pretty serious. He might like it a little bit, you know. <laughs> Everybody that asks me, uh, oh, you're a Star Wars fan? Because they see my tattoos. I'm like, I've no. never even seen the movies. <laughs> what Star Wars it really, it really throws them off. I've never even seen Star Wars. I don't know what, what you're talking Star about. Star Wars? <laughs> can, what is it, like a half sleeve? It, I don't uh, even remember. It's... I haven't about seen three your, quarters. Yeah, it's been winter. I haven't seen your arms all winter, so that's yeah. fair. <laughs> that's fair. All right. Well, uh, before we get into anything, I gotta say uh, a special thanks to our pals over at Rhodes Den uh, yes. here in Harrison. Uh, they've given us an awesome opportunity, uh, and that's all I'm gonna say about that for now. Um, but stay tuned. We've got uh, something really awesome coming up with them before too much longer, um, and it's gonna be amazing. Uh, next thing, next order of business before we get to the fun part of the podcast. Guys, we've got a website now. We do. Um, We're getting highfalutin. And uh, as of yesterday, it was like one of those generic like yada yada dot wix site dot com. Uh, as of today, the official URL for our website is jrbnerdcast.com. Wow. The URL. I noticed that this morning, or on my way in. Yep. I was in a parking lot when I read the newest uh, blog post. I'm like, hey, the URL's correct. Yep. We um we bought the URL. Uh so now we are official. If you official. if you want to check out uh, the nerdcast online, all you got to do is just type in jrbnerdcast.com and it'll take you right to our website where we've got uh <coughs> we got two blog posts up right now. Um, one of them is from me just talking about what the Nerdcast is. The other one is from Matt, uh, my brother, who's been on a couple episodes with us, uh, talking about, um, Star Wars canon and, uh, how I, I don't really, 
I don't want to give it away, but it, it basically like how Star Wars fans should approach canon. Is that what you guys got out of it? Yeah, I I really liked it. I mean, I knew you could write. <laughs> Matt, I've never met in person, which Matt, come meet me, bro. I'm awesome. Come at me. <laughs> well, no, not not come at me. I mean, I'll yeah, well, friendly fist bump, you know. But I knew you could write, but when I read his, I'm like, wow, I feel like he should be in a like college like Yale or something in one of those big old classrooms like talking about this to people when I read it I'm like okay I well, I, it I was totally, very well written it was I totally agree with everything he said too he is um uh Nick will Nick will probably get mad at me when I say this but uh in my humble opinion and this is this is crazy coming from one of the three people I'm talking about uh Matt is the smartest of the three brothers I mean just hands down um, I could kind of detect his smartness <laughs> oozing from that. Uh, he's also the most educated, so that helps. Um, you know, he's gone through all of college, and now he's gone through seminary, and so yeah, he's which is awesome in itself. Oh yeah, um, but Matt, keep up the good work. Uh, keep writing for us any anytime you got anything, just shoot me an email, man. Um, but that also brings up the point that. Uh, if you guys follow us on Instagram or Twitter or, or Facebook for that matter, really anything that we post on. And if you don't, you should. Yeah, that's right. All the cool uh, kids are doing it. At the Nerdcast one. Yeah. I, I don't want to like pressure you into it, but if you don't, you're not cool. But that's okay. <laughs> um, but uh, we posted, I guess it was yesterday, we posted uh, a screenshot of a note written on a phone that uh, basically what it said was... Uh, if you want something put on the nerdcast.com, if you want to write a blog post for us, uh, if you even if you have just like a short story that you've written that you want somebody uh, to see it, send it to our email account, uh, jrbnerdcast at gmail.com. Uh, I will read through it. You know, I'll request any edits that need to be done. Uh, but if it's good, it's going to go on the website. Uh, and so that kind of gives everybody a chance, even people outside of the nerdcast, like, Obviously, we're going to have like the 10 of us <laughs> that yeah. are like core members. We're going to have content on there no matter what. Uh, but I want to give everybody an opportunity. It's even like high school English class all over again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to give people the opportunity that are like, man, I've got this cool like story that I've written, but I don't really know where to put it. Uh, well, for one, I mean, you can start your own blog site for free, uh, but you can also send it to us and get us get it on our website. Uh, and then we can go from there and just kind of see, you know get the ball rolling, see what happens. So um, anything else you guys want to say about the website? It's kind of surreal, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's a good looking website. Yeah, it is. It It's hit me, but at the same time, it hasn't hit me like, oh, cool, we, we got a website. But at the <laughs> same time, it's like, holy cow, we have a website, you know? <laughs> right. Uh, that's kind of how I've felt is like, through this whole process, doing the blog and getting uh, even just the podcasts and the social media is like, man, it's well, I mean, if you read the first blog post that I did, it's like, man, this is a dream come true. Yeah. Like, um, and, and that's the thing is like, I'm not doing it to get recognition or anything like that. It's just, just fun. Yeah. This, this is fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's just fun to do. One um, of many hobbies. So all of that behind us, um, send us an email reach out to us on social media. If you want to write something for us, excuse me, I'm drinking coffee. So I've got, I got burps, but it's okay. 
That's uh, kind of burps, the coffee burps. Because again, we're not professionals, but uh, <clears throat> no. if you want anything on the website, just reach out to us and get us some content, and we'll uh, we'll look it over and and go from there. So, um, now that we got the announcements out of the way, let's go ahead and jump into the discussion. So, um, Jason, this is your first time on. First time. So, um, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> uh, the first question that I always ask, first time on, um, is what is it like playing in Athendel? Now, this one I didn't tell you I was going to ask before, but I, I always ask that question because... Pop quiz. I always ask that question to the players just because I like to know, and I think it's cool for everybody else to hear a perspective of, like, that's not my perspective. And you like your ego being stroked a little bit, too. Yeah, I, I mean, mean. <laughs> it definitely helps. Right. No, I dig it. Um, I've always um, enjoyed uh, playing in homebrew uh, campaign settings. Uh-huh. Um, I, I've played a few um, official campaigns, and I, I tend to have more fun with uh, homebrew campaigns. It, uh, when the DM comes up with their own world and, uh, you know, storyline, you know, it, yeah. uh, they seem to enjoy uh, pushing that store a story forward uh, a little bit more than just some pre-written uh, campaign that you get uh, from a book or online. I, um, I can't speak. <laughs> you can hear Baylor. You, you guys probably just heard Baylor on the podcast. That's fine. Um, he's, he's pretty loud, but anyway, um, he has been on the show more times than I have <laughs> in the background. <laughs> That's fair. I think he's been on the show more times than Josh. <laughs> Uh, probably an equal amount if I had to, Pro- you know, probably. I've been on every episode, oh, yeah. so it's just simple math, Tanner. Come on, man. Hey, I uh, went to Western Grove, okay? <laughs> uh, but anyway, back to the, the D&D topic was, um, I can't speak to, like, playing out of a, or DMing out of a book, because I've never done it. Like, first time I've ever DMed my own world. Right. Uh, but it definitely is something for me every week when I come in, I'm like, okay, this is, like, this is my creation. This is my baby. Yeah. Uh, what can I do to to make this better, you know, because, um, again, I've never DM'd out of a book, but when you get a book and you go through a book, it's like you're in, you're on the sword coast, which is the D and D world, the, just the generic D and D world. Mm-hmm. And it's like, they've really fleshed it out. And it's really cool, but there's only so much you can do with it. Yeah. You know, but nothing against wizards of the coast at all. Their, their campaigns are awesome, but I, I do like homebrew games better because it's, like what Jason said, your DM created that, and you can take that pretty much anywhere. All right, so the first real question that um, that you know is coming, which I told you 10 minutes before we sat down. So you already forgot. It's, so it's not just like going to be like, to... hit me again with the first. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's not like you had tons of time to prepare. Uh, but the first question, uh, and this is for both of you to answer, because... Um, we spent a lot of time talking about Thorin last week, Tanner, and we didn't really get to uh, the meat of the discussion. It's okay. That so, can stay there. <laughs> so the first <laughs> question that I want both of you to answer, and whoever wants to go first can go first. I'm not going to tell you what to do. You're both grown men. so. Well, this is my second time on here. So <laughs> he's, a, he's an experienced veteran. <laughs> I am. I'm hardcore now. So the first question is, uh, what does your character hope to achieve in our campaigns and I say campaigns cause I want to know, um, as far as star Wars and Athendel, uh, just a little bit about both of your characters. Cause I mean, I play the star Wars one with you, so I, I kind of know your star Wars characters. Um, but from a DM standpoint, 
I want to know what your characters want <laughs> in D&D <laughs> uh, so that I can more uh, efficiently drive the story along. So whoever wants to go first, what do your characters want to accomplish? Well, um, in the Star Wars campaign, uh, as far as Corbin goes, Corbin um, yeah, Corbin Dallas, uh, <laughs> which is not his name, by the way. But if anybody's seen the movie, The Fifth Element, that's where it's from. My, my son was almost named Corvin Dallas. That'd be a good name. But my wife vetoed it. <laughs> <sighs> but anyways, as far as Corbin goes, um, uh, I haven't fleshed out a full backstory for him. I mean, I've got partial uh, elements to it, but uh, he, he's basically... Uh, droids, computers, stuff like that. Um, he's got a bit of a gambling problem. Uh, owes a yeah he does a <laughs> little bit of an understatement uh, owes a <laughs> huge sum of money to some huts and uh took up bounty hunting uh with his gadgets and stuff to help pay for that um so basically his his whole you know goal is to try to pay off his debts and you know uh survive so that's always a pretty good goal you know stay yeah, he, alive he's, he's yeah. not motivated by much else you know he doesn't have any family uh He's just this old curmudgeon, you know, tinker that has a bit of a gambling gambling problem. It happens in the Star Wars universe. I mean, it more <laughs> often than not. Yeah. Um. I I hope that uh, Corbin kind of grows into the family that we have. Uh, yeah. As far as our Star Wars party goes, he's kind of he lives. Yeah. He's a little bit. <laughs> he Corbin's a little bit kind of drawn back. I don't think he's like fully coming to the party yet the most connection he has is with lobaka played by sean because they both really love credits <laughs> yeah they, they both do enjoy money uh, and the fact that they um they worked together to turn in you know one of the uh empire's most wanted yeah you know that doesn't hurt <laughs> I, I think that's partially why he hasn't uh, bonded with the rest of the group yet because he's still trying to feel out everybody and he's kind of halfway teamed up with Lobaka and maybe on the fence of maybe turning the rest of you guys in and uh yeah I've, I've sensed that pretty <laughs> I mean, much I mean Corbin he looks he looks at Tindar kind of funny every now and then I mean <laughs> things might change you know if uh the uh story takes us to that place where we bond you know or something like that but right now y'all are uh uh, just tools uh, to, you know, get what he wants, well, really. Essentially, Corbin sees us as assets. Corbin's a bit of a jerk. <laughs> uh, I think. Well, like it, I said, he, he's an older curmudgeon. You know, he's yeah. no ties to anybody. He is kind of grouchy, too. Yeah, a little bit of uh, grouchy. All right, so Tanner, what about Tendar? What does Tendar want to accomplish? Well, uh, for everybody that don't know, Tendar Bell is a Mon Calamari. If you don't know what a Mon Calamari is, then you should really read up on your Star Wars. Tendar, he he wants his ultimate goal is to help the Rebel Alliance and to bring peace and prosperity back to the galaxy. And he believes in the Force. He's very dedicated to that, and he will do almost anything within limits of course of bringing peace and prosperity to the galaxy i love tendar um 
Which is crazy because he was an already made up character that we started with. And I took him and kind of put my little spin on him. I love Tendar and Vendry loves Tendar. Oh yeah, um, they're like, the, well they can't see me again, but <laughs> they're, you know, really close. <laughs> I like Tendar because Tendar is one of the only members of the party that's like, no, this is good and this is evil and we're doing what's yeah. good. Uh, like even Vendry, um, who's played by me, even Vendry sometimes is like, well, I mean, this is the right thing to do. But this is what's going to get yeah. us what we want. And so I'm like, man. Vendry started out like that, you know, yay, Rebel Alliance, mm-hmm. go for it. But with the course of our story taking place, he's kind of turned a little bit to more like of a neutral. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see what Nick does with the story because I think... Um, I feel strongly that Tendar wants to restore peace to the galaxy with through the Rebel Alliance. Yes. Now, you can correct me if I'm wrong on that, but that's what I see from Tendar as far as like a goal. Yeah, that's his ultimate goal. I mean, Admiral Atbark is his cousin. Me and Nick have talked and everything, which I haven't fully flushed out his backstory. There's little bits and pieces here and there that Nick knows. And stuff that I have yet to send him. <laughs> but General, or not General, Admiral Abbart is his cousin. And he has a strip. That's one reason why he has a strong connection to the Rebel Alliance. Mm-hmm. Um, and he also wants to get Mon Cal, the planet. He wants to get his home world back from the Empire. Because well, in this timeline, I believe the Empire has control. Mm, yeah. Maybe not in like the uh, canonical timeline, but no. in, in our timeline. Yeah, in our timeline. Yeah. Um, I, I hope that we can do it, man. Because like, oh, that's, that's the thing. Awesome. My biggest thing is like, I, I want to see all of our characters, even the game I'm playing in, I want to see all of our characters get what they want. Especially the game that I'm playing in. Also the game I'm DMing. It's like I want. I want to see the characters get what they want. Uh, obviously, that didn't happen with Thorin. Um, uh, unfortunately, but no. But in a it, way, it kind of did because he's reunited with his with his wife. Yeah, uh, and so it it kind of worked out. He didn't get the revenge he was seeking, but no, unfortunately, no. That would have been great though. It, it the original story arc was going to be awesome, and then you know, roll of the dice and. I now mean, we, now we don't get. There's to see always anymore. a chance. I mean, <laughs> great almighty DM. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe we'll run a one shot where you uh, can just have like so that Tanner can have the satisfaction of defeating the pale orc. <laughs> we can we can run a one shot and bring Thorin back. Um, but now I think you know for me, Vendry, uh, Vendry wants to free as many slaves as possible. Yeah, uh, because that's always been his primary goal from the beginning. Yeah, Vin- Vendry is he's a Duros um, that. It, he again. He was a pre-made character, just like Tendar, and it didn't say what what his home world was, but it, you know, it didn't have to because he was a slave, so he moved around a yeah. lot, so he didn't really have a home. Uh, and I have taken that little blurb of backstory from that and turned it into okay, Vendry's goal is to free slaves. You know, whether that's fighting for the Rebel Alliance uh, or fighting even on the side of the empire in some situations or fighting neutrally in some situations, you know, my goal is to free slaves. If I can do yeah. that, I don't care whose help I'm getting. Um, I do err on the side of the rebellion just because, um, 
Vendry used to be a spy for the rebellion. And so it's like, you know, now that I've defected from the rebellion, uh, well, we, we didn't defect. Well, that's fair. We, we left to become smugglers to make more credits and well, in the beginning to make more credits to ultimately help out the rebel Alliance and be like a special commando squad for them too, when they needed us. That's fair. And, and I think, um, I think that we need to like recapture that dream of like yeah, helping the Alliance rather than chasing credits. But uh, I think either way, the story is going to be good. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. I have complete faith in Nick to, to write an, an amazing story. Yeah. Um, I, I personally think, I don't know if Nick is going to do this or not, but we've been doing this, the same mission for like five or six sessions now, gathering these artifacts that, Lobaka needs for some hut. I forget the hut's name. I can't remember. Do you remember, Jason? Not off the top of my head. And I think that's why part of the reason why we've stayed on the same mission is because Lobaka can't half the time remember what he's supposed to be getting. Yeah, <laughs> he he's kind of ditzy at times. I think we have like one Love remaining you, item to get. Yeah, just one. But we can't remember what it. Well, I can't remember what it is. Sean might remember, but I can't remember what it is. Uh, and and I think part of that is because like Vendry doesn't feel tied to that mission. Vendry's like, yeah, yeah like this Wookiee's cool and he's helping us, so we'll help him. Like Vendry's not tied to that mission of hey, we got to recover these items. Um, I don't know how the rest of the characters feel, <laughs> but T- Tendar he he wants to do this mission and get I forget how much credits Lobaka is going to get for this, but he said he would pay us back, and that's the only reason why I. Tendar's hanging around in course of Vendry, of course. Air quotes, pay us back. Yeah, pay us. <laughs> yeah. By the way, Sean, you still owe me 40,000 credits, just saying. See, Vendry's not in it for the credits at all. Like, if you look at my character sheet right now, Vendry has 60 credits, like 60.00. And the rest of the party has like 60,000 apiece. No, no. Tendar. Well, you don't because Sean owes you a bunch of credits. Yeah, but. <laughs> yeah he... I gave him 40,000 credits to go get a medical droid, which we really need, especially <laughs> now after the last battle. And that We're, we're didn't still play working out. on that. <laughs> I was about to say, part of that is Corbin's fault, because Corbin walked in the yeah. store and was like, oh, there's nobody here, let's just steal everything. <laughs> yeah, and they literally did, it, pretty it, much. It worked out. I mean, we did steal I mean, we got a, a K2 unit, which is awesome. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Uh Okay, so we're going to go back around the circle, same direction, uh, and answer the same question for our D&D characters. Obviously, I won't answer this one because, well, I'll answer it for... You can, you can answer it for your character that you made for Sean's one-shot. I'll answer it, yeah, I'll answer it for Lucas Crowley uh, from, from the one-shot. Um, but to put it in like the timeline of yours, I'll yeah. answer it for uh, August Hawklight. Okay. So, um, Jason, what does uh, Junior hope to accomplish in Athendale. By the way, I love Junior. Yeah, Junior is so good. Loves junior. junior is so great. I mean... <laughs> Frog's dick. Yeah. He, uh, his character backstory is a little bit more fleshed out. I've uh, worked a lot on him. Um, uh, I think mostly what he wants is to is answers, really. Uh, he, he doesn't know what's going on with him. He uh, doesn't, you know, out of game, you know, he doesn't realize that he's a warlock. Uh, he he knows he's got some powers. Um, he hears voices. Uh, he's kind of scared. Uh, ran off his island. He got ran off his island by the village. You know, he's just 
you know, in survival mode, really. And he's clung to this group because, um, uh, from his uh, viewpoint, they're, uh, stronger than he is. You know, um, you got Segan, who's this giant barbarian who sometimes halfway protects him and then halfway tries to kill him. Um, he really likes Elrum. Uh, Elrum's kind of like uh, his protector right now. Oh, who doesn't like Elrum? Yeah, oh, Elrum's Elrim, a great character. Yeah, he. Uh, I think that's uh, the character in the group that he bonds with the most. But as far as what Junior wants, I think what Junior wants is answers uh, to what's going on with him. Yeah, so for those of you who... Um haven't listened to dice time episode two uh junior is a warlock who thinks he's a wizard it's only you know it's the only conclusion you could think of i mean he's got magic powers and he's uh, (laughs) he's a young guy and i'm assuming he probably doesn't have like an extensive education well Uh, he's a young tiefling well yeah young tiefling (laughs) i'm assuming he probably doesn't have an extensive education as far as like um magical um what sort I'm looking for? Uh, not lore, but teachers, um, professors, mythology. That's right. Exactly. So I'm sure he doesn't have like an extensive education on that. So a logical conclusion when you realize you have some magical powers, a logical conclusion is, oh, I must be a wizard. You know? Exactly. So um, wizard, you, wizard, wizard is the most common thing to think. I would believe. Right. Yeah. As far as magic users, I would I would think. Um, now, as far as our group goes most common magic is cleric um yeah and i would say as far as athendel goes most common magic user is probably a cleric just because i mean every city's got 10 or 12 yeah you right. know uh, every city has a temple or three you know? yeah. uh, and so um but it's definitely it definitely stands to reason that junior would see himself use magic and be like oh hey uh, i must be a wizard because i can do magical things and now with the power of frog stick, he is the most powerful wizard alive. <laughs> the so, only reason you won that fight against Nasir was the frog stick. Oh, that is not <laughs> the only reason I won that fight. Yes, yes it was. You turned me into a frog with frog stick. Uh, again, for those of you that don't I still know, had fireball. Frog stick is um, it's a magical item that uh, is actually... Ooh, almost dropped my phone and I don't have the case on it. That would have been, been catastrophic. Uh, anyway, frog stick is a wand that uh, you can find it in the DMG. Um, it, I mean, the picture of it is literally just like a broken twig with a dead frog tied to the end of it. Uh, it's also on our T public page. So shameless plug to the T public page. If you want to go pick up a frog stick t-shirt, go for it. It's 20 bucks. My shirt um, should be in next week. I'm so nice. excited about it. <laughs> Uh, so the frog stick is a wand of polymorph, um, kind of overpowered for a group of what six level, fifth level. Um, yeah. It was a random roll too. It was. Wasn't it for it him was. To that. <laughs> it was. Uh, and originally that session where you guys got all these magical items uh, or rolled on tables to see if you picked up a magical item or whatever or just regular items. Yeah. Um, that session was going to be like an illusion, like a dream, like it wasn't going to be real, and then. Jason got so excited about frog stick <laughs> that I was like, no, it has to be real. Like frog stick has to be real. Uh, and so, so Jason now has a, uh, a wand of polymorph that he can use 
Uh, I don't know the exact stats on it, but I think it has I think, seven charges. I think it's six charges. Six, six charges. charges a day, and it renews after every wrong, long rest or uh, something. You have to you roll, roll for 1d6. It. It, okay. rolls, uh, oh. it renews 1d6 uh, a night. Okay. Yeah, so um, if there's ever an instance where it like doesn't recharge, the wand just vanishes. But I think, outside of the game, I think Jason is smart enough to know, like, hey, I don't need to use up frog stick, but... Like Junior would probably be like frog stick, frog stick, frog stick, yeah. frog stick. He's almost come to that point, <laughs> which which <laughs> he pretty much did to Nasir in the Gladiator arena. That's true. That's true. Uh, to be fair, we knew going out of the Gladiator arena that it was like between matches, it'd be a long rest, so he'd get his charges back. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that one makes sense. But uh, um, so Junior wants answers. Yeah, he he just really wants to know what's going on. Why the why there are voices in his head? Um, why is he uh, getting these powers? Uh, and maybe someday return back to the island uh, with his tribe. Okay, okay, duly noted. Uh, and now we've got it on the record, so I can go back and listen to it. I also <laughs> sent you an email with the yeah, with yeah, the, you got it, yeah, I got it. Um, Tanner, we talked about Thorin last week and what Thorin wanted. We're now, so glad you didn't cry. Now I want to talk tough. about Nasir. What does Nasir want? Uh, because I know Nasir is a thieving drunkard. <laughs> There's a reason for that. But I feel like, and now you haven't given me any background information no, on Nasir. I, uh, I'm working on a little bit more like you requested, but you, I, yeah, you still have the basic stuff. <laughs> on the surface to... Everybody normal that meets Nasir, he just wants to drink and wants women and gold and more gold. But again, this is Nasir we're talking about, not Tanner. Exactly. (laughs) And deeper down, he he was an orphan. He doesn't know anything about his family. He has a signia ring, which. This is bad. I forget what I said I put on it. <laughs> yeah, it's okay because it's not in writing yeah. and I don't have it, so you can change it. Yeah, it, and it's, it's canon. <laughs> he has a Xenia ring with a symbol on it of some sort, and he also has a rapier that ba- basically it's Altair's sword from Assassin's Creed, and that's a rapier, so I just called it the Assassin's Rapier, and that also has his family's symbol on it. And he wants to find out who his who his family is, and he does he does want to find love someday. He's just he he he's been hurt, so he's trying to cope the best way he can, basically. And his upbringing wasn't the best in the world, so he's again trying to cope with that. Sorry, I had a burp. <clears throat> uh, Nasir is one of my favorite characters in the D and D game. Um, because he's so mysterious and you are so willing to just go along with anything that I say. Yeah. As he's far as he's so mysterious. I don't even know him. <laughs> exactly. So like when I introduced the Duchess a couple uh, episodes ago, I loved that by the way, you that were like, great. I don't know. I, I, I even had to ask you, I was like, Hey, what town are you from? I was like, uh, this town. Okay. Well, this girl's from this town and you know her because this, this is who she is. And you were like, Oh crap. Um, and so it was a good old crap. <laughs> it uh, 
it was something that kind of threw you off. It threw me off too because that was a spur of the moment where I was like, uh, <laughs> I, I loved that. That was so fun. So now Nasir has this tie to his hometown um, that hopefully after we finish in uh, in Lilith, we'll be going to Sayog Valley uh, to, you know, return the Duchess to her father like you promised. Yeah. Uh, and we can begin something for Nasir in Sayog Valley as far as... Uh, the Since you brought the Duchess into it, I've... Playing as Nasir, Nasir has kind of felt like he has there's like feelings there but he's not sure and she kind of sort of has feelings but she's not sure type deal like i don't even know i'm they grew they grew up together that's as much as we know they grew up together and that's it because we really haven't took it any further than that well i have an idea of where i wanted to go i just need to sit down with you and kind of talk about it just because you know, like like you said, you haven't fleshed out a full backstory for this year, yeah. and so me it kind of interjecting this mm-hmm. into it is like, hey, um, you're in control of your character, but you have to add this to your backstory. Yeah. Like somewhere in there, uh, you have to know this girl. I, yeah, I like it when DMs do stuff like that. It keeps things more interesting. I think it keeps everybody on their toes, exactly, myself included. That too. Yeah. Uh, so, Junior wants answers, and Nasir wants uh, to find his family slash love um, what's a girlfriend basically yeah basically <laughs> i mean he's been alone for a lot of years he's like 200 so yeah he, you know he's a pretty old elf yeah he's he's thinking of not as old as elrim but you That's know true. He's, elrim's like he's pretty so old, old. Yeah, <laughs> he's really old yeah nasir he's let's see i calculated it yes i, I can do math <laughs> elrim in human years elrim is around my age Kind of, sort of. You mean Nasir? Oh, yeah, Nasir. Elrim <laughs> is like 400, nowhere near my age. Yeah, Elrim's more really like old. my age. <laughs> El- Elrim's, uh, he's real old uh, in human years. Um, um, so I think, you know, like I said, I'll, I'll answer for Lucas Crowley and for August Hawklight um, for both because I'm getting to play two characters. Well, I'm going to play a lot of characters in Athendel, but August is the one that I'm tied the most to. You're playing more characters than we are. That's <laughs> true. So for for Lucas, um, as far as Lucas goes, um, Lucas died in the Battle of Athendel. Um, the Lucas that you guys know is like 25 years old. And he died at like 25 years old in the Battle of Athendel. And he knows Segan and he knows Jin, who is with you guys, whose yeah. name's not really Jin and he's not really a genie, uh, just by the way. That's good because he was literally the worst genie ever. Yeah, he was pretty bad at his job. <laughs> um, but Lucas knows both of them because he fought with both of them. And uh, essentially, which, I mean, you heard it in Dice Time. Um, if they win, Lucas wants his life back. Yeah. And the reason he wants his life back is because he feels like he did a disservice to um, Norid. Because um, he he told you guys he was a criminal, but he wasn't a criminal. Um, he was a soldier. Obviously, he fought in the war. He was no. a soldier, but he was um, he wasn't a prince, but he was of royal descent. So he was a wealthy soldier, uh, and he feels like he did a disservice to Norid because he was in charge of a battalion of men that was supposed to take back uh, like the 
canal between Norid and Dorndral, mm-hmm. uh, and he failed, and like everyone in his troop died, including oh, wow. himself. Uh, and so he feels like he did a disservice to Norid. Mm-hmm. So he wants to come back to help Segan bring peace to Athendel. Uh, because Segan's the only one that he knows. Yeah. Um, but of course, once he comes back and he meets you guys, well, he's already met you guys, but. Yeah. Um, he wasn't so that friendly, though. <laughs> no. But he, I imagine he might be a little more when he comes back, maybe. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Um, but as far as August goes, August, I mean, you guys know August is, um, he's not royal uh, that you know of. Wink, wink. He's not royal that you know of. Yeah. He's the, the sheriff of Turnstead and his dad's the mayor mm-hmm. or the Jarl or whatever you want to call him. You know, he, he's in charge of Turnstead. Jarlborg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but August, August's goal is to make a name for himself because he's been living in his dad's shadow his whole life. So his goal is basically just to make a name for himself, um, but also to get to the bottom of what his dad and his uncle are doing. Because uh, as you guys have discovered, his dad is in cahoots with um, Norwin, the guy who's trying to unleash the God of the Underworld. Uh, And so August is like, hey, I need to figure out what's going on. Uh, And now they've looped in um, August's uncle, who works in Lilith, which is who you guys are going to confront yeah um and so august just kind of wants answers um and contrary to your character's belief august is a good guy yeah our our characters don't believe so no your characters don't believe so august is you know he's all right your characters don't believe that august is a good guy because of his father yeah his father and all the shady stuff that they've been doing yeah because um when you discover what his father was doing, you were like, oh, well, that's his dad. He must be in on it, you know? Yeah. Um, which I, I isn't the case. We should have killed him when we had the chance. <laughs> uh, Ian? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You should have. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm just going to be honest with you. You should have. Yeah. Um, well, well, Thorin wanted to. Nasir, he just doesn't know or care at this point. Right. But, but yeah, for, for August, August just wants to know what's going on. Yeah. Essentially, he, he wants answers, <laughs> just like Junior. Um, but he's in a position of, uh, you know, with his dad gone right now, he's in charge of Turnstead, you know, like he's, which I think is great. Yeah. And it's great for Turnstead and it's, it's great for, um, it's great for the party, honestly, because Mm -hmm. August is a good guy. Hopefully he can make some political changes while he's filling in for his father while his father's away. So, um, next thing I want to talk about is, uh, Hang on, let me look at my list real quick, because I already forgot what number two is. Number two is, what's the favorite build that you've ever played in a D&D game? Now, we're coming up on 40 minutes, so eh. we'll go quick this uh, this question, because the third question is where the meat of it's at, and I really want to talk about the third question. The gristle. Um, but number two, Jason, what's, the fav- what's your favorite build you've ever played in D&D or any role-playing game? Well, like a lot of people that play D anD D, I usually have a stereotype character that I always play, and it's usually dwarf cleric. Um, I've, I've played a few. Um, I played a lot of dwarf characters from fighters, clerics. Uh, Same. Um, but uh, right now, I've probably had more fun with uh, this warlock <laughs> than any other character that I've uh, played. Um, 
I didn't go the traditional route, you know, like if you look at Reddit and uh, the other forums and stuff, um, everybody's playing Hexblade, Hexblade, Hexblade. Um, I went the other route. Uh, it's not maybe as combat powerful, uh, but I think it's got a lot more flavor than just straight up Hexblade. So right now, uh, I'm really digging Warlock. Awesome. That's good because you play a warlock, so I'm yeah. glad you like it. <laughs> Tanner, what about you? What's your favorite? Now, we know your favorite is dwarf. Yeah. Um, anything. We know your favorite is dwarf. So, Nasir's a bit out of your element with an elf, but yeah. tell us what uh, what class you like the most. Well, I got to go way back to my very first dwarf I made. Ian McLaren. He was a dwarf fighter. Dwarf fighter. My very first one. He had so much. I had so much fun with him. But nowadays, I mean, I have a special place for Ian McLaren because he was my first, you know. Mm -hmm. But I really like, I really loved Thorin and how I created him. He was a mountain dwarf gunslinger, which was awesome. And a lot of people don't like firearms in D&D and stuff, which I understand. But the way the way you made firearms in your world was really good. Like, they were illegal and hard to find and hard to find materials for him and so forth but i i really liked i really liked thorin he was my all-time favorite dwarf and nasir i'm really liking too which is unexpected rogues are a lot of fun um i i've always i'm like you jason i've got you know the stereotypical like you know if somebody asked me to come play D, they're probably gonna be like oh josh is gonna play like a human ranger just because, right. you yeah. know, I love Aragorn. Like, Aragorn's my favorite fantasy yeah. character, uh, other than Obi-Wan Kenobi, of course. But yeah. um, people are like, oh, if Josh is playing D&D, &D, he's, he's playing a human ranger. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, a couple years back, which he's actually, <laughs> it's actually August uh, from Athendel, I took a character that I used before and inserted him into this story. Uh, I played August in a alternate world in a different campaign uh and august is a human fighter um and i went fighter till fifth level and when i got or maybe sixth level when i got the second um improved critical which means you get a crit on an 18 19 yeah. or 20 when i got the second improved critical i switched and started taking levels in rogue and so i had a human fighter rogue that's awesome it was the most overpowered thing i've ever done in my life because like <laughs> You could sneak around and hide anywhere, so you get sneak attack. Mm -hmm. But then you're a fighter, so you get you get two attacks per round. So you get sneak attack on the first one, and then you get a second attack every round. And then you have second wind, and you get improved critical. Got so you got 18, 19, 20 yeah. crits. And it's like, man, it was... I love second wind. It's one of my favorite things ever. It's so good. It's so nice. So I think for me, my favorite build I've ever done was probably August in the alternate universe mm -mm. of human fighter rogue. No. Um, just <laughs> so overpowered, like <laughs> the most overpowered thing I've ever played. So good. It's kind of making me want to do that. <laughs> it's only because you haven't played monk yet. That's true. Uh, I, I was going to say something about monk, but I was like, well, I've never played a monk, no. um, but DMing a monk is a nightmare. I bet. <laughs> it's like, 
every time I try to do something that like causes damage to Elrim, he's like, uh, actually, I catch that arrow and I throw <laughs> it back at you and deal damage to you on your turn. And I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, you're just gonna have to make him fight a bunch of like monk ninjas or something. Yeah, I mean, monk dragons, <laughs> monk dragon. Uh, wow, monk I'll, dragonborns. Um, <laughs> I'll have to figure out something and and see how we can defeat a monk. Not not that I want to kill you guys. It's just like I want to pose a challenge. You know, like yeah. like it's it's like when you guys go into a fight, you're like, oh well, Elrim's got yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, Elrim's the most OP character right now. He, uh, he is. Like, I mean, Segan is probably the most just straight up powerful. Yeah, but Segan's as far as as far as like i need to turn the sound off on my phone you guys are i'm gonna get copyright infringement from espn (laughs) um as far as like just straight up like damage goes is gotta be elrim oh yeah because elrim can deal damage on your turn is the thing Mm -hmm. it's like like last week in the uh, arena battle yeah i shot him three times and on my turn he dealt damage to me with my arrow I was like, what? <laughs> Come on, man. Like, monks are, they're crazy. Yeah, monks are, monks Especially are Especially for, you know, right off the bat, uh-huh. first damage. I, Once you burn them key points, though, yep, I yeah. think it'd be a little bit easier to manage. Yeah, if, if you can, if you can get a monk to use all of their key points in, like, the first, you know, three, four, if you can last three or four rounds. Yeah, well, if you can last. <laughs> let, let me say it this way. If you can get into combat, like, six plus rounds with a monk, and get them to use all their key points, then they're still overpowered because yeah. they can do, you know, the whole catch an arrow and throw it back at you thing, so they can deal damage on your turn. But ninety percent of the like OP stuff that comes with monks is key points. Yeah. Uh, and I think Nick would probably agree with that. So if you're smart with your key points and you're a monk, you're you're gonna be unbeatable if you're smart with your key points. Like yeah, that's just right. how it is. I, I'm gonna get key points when I get to that level with Nasir. It from watching Critical Role and uh, what was that character's name? I, I forget the the rogue on the first campaign. It was um, it was Liam O'Brien's character. Yeah, uh, Vaxelbon. Yeah, yeah, Vaxelbon. Vax. Yeah, from seeing that, and that's originally where I got you know rogue elf from was him, and seeing that, I'm just like, yeah, when I reach that level, yeah, give me them key points. <laughs> yeah, key points and luck points. Yes, luck. Um, oh man, it's so great. Monk monks are. I'll take both key points and luck points. <laughs> Monks are very, very overpowered. Oh, yeah. All right. So question three, uh, and this is the, you can answer it as long as you want or as short as you want. Um, but this is the one that I really wanted to talk about because, Jason, I know uh, your occupation allows you to do some cool things. Um, so question number three is what does D&D mean to you? Now, what I mean by your occupation allows you to do cool things is um, – you can expound on it if you want. I don't want to like cross any lines or anything, but your occupation allows you to play D and D with people that wouldn't normally get to play D and D. So, what does D and D mean to you, Jason? Well, uh, um, I'll elaborate on that. Uh, I work at the jail, and um, uh, I run a campaign with a, a few of the three hundred nine inmates uh, that are, um, they're they're that are in there <laughs> yeah i don't know how to explain uh explain it to somebody that's not actually in the system but uh, they're they're not like uh your normal everyday inmates are contracted from the state they're basically like uh, fixing to get out they're usually on their best behavior and uh, uh they they come up here to work um they 
uh, pretty much do all the jail maintenance, uh, um, car maintenance, yeah. uh, cooking, cleaning. They do all the work. Um, they get extra privileges, you know. Uh, they get uh, to go home like every 90 days for a weekend, you know, and uh, they get better visits. Yeah, that's pretty uh, cool. Yeah. But a couple of them uh, are nerds. And uh, we played D and D about oh twice a month. And I run a game for them. Wow, that's really awesome. That so, like cool. on my day off, I'll come up there like on a Saturday night, and we'll do like a two or three hour game. That's nice. so cool. That is that's awesome that you are able to do that. But uh, as far as what D and D means to me, and it when I started doing that game uh, with them, it it. It kind of meant more to me because uh, it's kind of a means to escape uh, your day to day life uh, yeah. um, and just live out uh, a fantasy life. You know, uh, normal Jason is uh, just a CO at the jail, <laughs> but uh, when I'm here, you know, I'm a warlock that you know chucks fireballs at people. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, I've been playing for. Well, over 25 years, you know, and it's always been... I've been playing longer than I've been alive. Man. I know, right? <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's just always uh, been an escape uh, from the mundane, everyday life. I love that. I love that... Um, uh, I mean, I know, obviously, everyone in our group, you know, has the same feelings towards this stuff that I do, but I love, I love being able to, you know, share that with people. I love being yeah. able to be like, hey, like... You know, you think D and D is really nerdy. Like you think you think that people that play D and D are huge geeks. Like, yeah, we are, but that's fine. Like you can be too. Like, do you like Lord of the Rings? Yeah, I like Lord of the Rings. Well, then play D and D. Exactly. Like, yeah. Like you need to try D and D because like the way that Nick got me into D and D was he was like, hey man, you like Lord of the Rings? I was like, yeah, but I'm not gonna play Dungeons and Dragons. That game's for nerds. And he was like, well, like you you like Aragorn, right? I'm like, yeah, I love Aragorn. He was like, what if I told you you could be Aragorn? Mind blown. <laughs> and I was like, what? And uh, and I started playing D anD D, and that's where you know my human ranger comes in. Is yeah. Nick was like, hey, you can be Aragorn, and, and I was like, well, how do I be Aragorn? And he kind of showed me Aragorn's a human, so you choose human. Aragorn is called a ranger. So it's safe to assume that if he was in D&D, his class would be Ranger. So you play Human Ranger, and then boom, you're Aragorn. Yeah. And so it's like, man, it's it's so cool to see how like how we can take D&D even to people that wouldn't have a chance to play it otherwise. Maybe oh, yeah. maybe never even heard of it. I don't I don't know. I don't know their story, but you know, maybe they played back home or something. I I don't know, but people that don't have the chance to do it we have the opportunity to either let them listen to it or like you do, like take it to them. Right. It's so cool. Well, the guys I play with, um, they, uh, have uh, Warhammer backgrounds. Warhammer is a huge game, which yeah. again, shameless plug, uh, the rogues den tons of Warhammer stuff. Oh yeah. They, and they print minis for you. So anyway, yeah, it's crazy. So Tanner, tell us a little bit about what D and D means to you. Well, and then we'll wrap up. Jason pretty much hit it on the head. It's a it's an escape. It's a hobby for me. Like I said on the last podcast, it's right up there with hunting and fishing for me as a stress reliever. 
maybe sometimes maybe even more so because I get to bring my geeky and nerdy self out, which doesn't really happen that much <laughs> in normal day to day life. But it's a huge stress reliever. Just sit back and forget about all of Tanner's problems and issues and play some D and D with some really good friends. I love that. Uh, and again, you know, I just, I love that we're able to do this. Like yes. I love that, that we're able to, um, to share, you know, why we love the things that we love and, and we're able to take it to people who might love it and not have the opportunity to play it otherwise. Or, yeah. Uh, and and I love what the Rogues Den is doing. You know, oh yeah. You come and you can play D and D for five bucks. You know, uh, or maybe I don't I don't know how, how much it is. Yeah, but, I forget how but, much it is. But you know, is. you can come in and you but, play D and D in their store, and somebody will be there to run a game for you. And and you know, it's it's cheap. Oh yeah, Prez um, will. I mean, he's a he plays himself, so he can answer. And he's super smart. He can answer stuff for you. So it's taken care of. Just go. Just go play. I love, um, I mean, I, I, I love role-playing games. It's not just D&D, because this Star Wars game that we're playing is Oh, yeah, is I love so that much one, fun. too. And pretty much every role-playing game that we've played as a, you know, as a friend group is, um, has been huge, because, like, even, like, All Flesh, yes, we played ourselves yeah. in that one, but it was still cool, because it was, like, an escape from, like, okay, well... You know, I wake up in the morning and I go to work and I deliver oxygen to patients' homes. But then in this world, it's like Josh wakes up in the morning and he's got to worry about, you know, Food. killing a zombie yeah. or killing a deer to feed his family, yeah. you know, like, and, and so it, it's, it's pretty cool to, to look at it from that perspective. But also just to be able to, I think Nick said it a few episodes back, it's like, you can come in and you can be somebody completely different. Like when you come in and you sit down at the table you're not Tanner, you're not Jason, you're not Josh, you're not Sean, you're not Nick. Like you come in, you sit down and you become that character. Like you oh, become yeah. that person and uh you have to use your imagination obviously, but which is great. I mean, it it makes you unplug from video games. I'm I'm a big PC gamer. I like playing my favorite role-playing game right now is Divinity. That is so Divinity 2. That is so fun to do, but it's so great to unplug and sit down and talk with, you know, people instead of over mics and use your imagination because it's your best tool. I agree. Uh, well, guys, I think that's a, that's a good place to uh, to wrap it up again. Um, if you would like to be featured on our blog or if you would like to join the discussion at all, um, you can send us an email at jrbnerdcast at gmail.com. I encourage you to go check out the website, jrbnerdcast.com. Uh, and check out what Matt wrote about Star Wars canon. It's it's a it's really good. It's a good read. It'll take about three minutes to read it. Um, unless you're from Western Grove. <laughs> <laughs> unless you're Tanner, then it takes yes. you about ten minutes to read. It. No, I'm just I'm just picking. No, that's fair. <laughs> um, but guys, thanks so much for uh, for coming in. Thank you guys for for showing up a couple hours early to uh, sit down and record. And um, thank you to anyone who stuck around for fifty five minutes to to listen to us talk about uh, just random stuff. So. Um, guys, it's been a pleasure and we will see you in the next one.